why do you do what you do? Um, I think there's power in being a, being an everyday legacy and everyday legacy really means to me is how are you showing up and uplifting those around you with great energy where they lead that conversation, like feeling seen, heard and loved. And I think that as, as a purpose and the ripple effect from that can be, can be huge. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Mueller Real Estate and Business Podcast. I'm your host, Phil Mueller, and on this podcast, we will be interviewing guests that have made their mark in real estate, in business, and in other areas of life. Listening to podcasts myself has helped me in so many different ways and continues to do so. If you're a real estate investor or an entrepreneur or aspiring to be either or just someone that wants to learn, you've come to the right place. An easy way to have an impact is to share this episode with friends or family, provide a review, or just spread the word. We greatly appreciate it, and now let's get to the show. All right. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Mueller Real Estate and Business Podcast. I'm really excited for our guest today, Brian McFarland from Westchester, Pennsylvania, just outside of Philadelphia. Uh, Brian is going to be an amazing guest for everyone today. Brian's background at a high level. Just just some small things here. An ultra marathon runner. Brian, real quick, how many ultra marathons have you run? Uh, pushing 20. 20 so, ultra marathons. He has his own podcast and business called 3x5Live, which is all about purpose-driven productivity. I'm sure we'll get into that more. He has a sales agency in a manufacturing space, third generation, I believe, extremely successful. And Brian is having a great impact on that business and continues to grow today. He, of course, is in the, like a lot of business owners, has investments in the real estate space, short-term rentals in the Poconos and St. Augustine. Uh, and honestly, I've gotten to know Brian over the last, I think two and a half years, I get to talk to Brian on almost a daily, for sure, a weekly basis. We run so many things by each other. He's a great, great friend of mine, Brian McFarland. Welcome to the show, man. It is so good to be here. Long time coming. I've been trying to egg you on to do this forever because you've made such an impact on my life and I know you can impact others. So I appreciate, I appreciate that, Brian, this show is about you, not me. So we're going to get into that. So Brian, I have, I just talked about this. I've known you for a couple of years now. I've only seen the dialed in version of Brian McFarland. Has it always been that way? Zero percent. No. Okay. So let's go back. Tell me about the other version or the prior, whatever that was, what was the prior version of Brian McFarland? When was that? And what did this transformation look like? So we all have seasons of life. You know, my season of college booze and heavy just decided to just trickle throughout my 20s like it does to a lot of i don't know i have no idea what you're talking about none um but the season lasted longer than it should have and i was just not taking life seriously just kind of working my job with one hand uh just more worried about making my buddies laugh over an email than actually doing productive work in the office uh so i mean really lasted Phil probably to like my late twenties. Wow. And so what shifted? So your late twenties, you're, you're kind of in your words, uh, floating along being kind of just a, a comic or whatever you want to call it, drinking a lot. What shifted? Like what was there a, was there a certain event that happened or was this a slow transition? So two things. Um, 
So in my, I started dating my wife, my current wife now, well, my only wife, uh, around 27. And, you know, she just had this spark for life. Uh, I knew she was going to do big things. And I wanted to mirror that. Like, I wanted to show up as the best version of me uh, to be a great husband, a great father to her. And then also, like, in my youth, I was, which is pretty common amongst business owners, like, I was undiagnosed dyslexic. Um, Wow. Yeah, so Daniel Pink actually has this whole chapter in one of his books. Daniel Pink is a famous business author, and he writes, writes about the dyslex, dyslexic advantage. And it's all about, like, if you're dyslexic, you're either in jail or you are two to three times more likely to have two or more businesses. And luckily, I fell in the business and not the jail side of things. So uh, in my late 20s, all of a sudden, you know, we have these things, you know, called our iPhones and things like Audible and podcasts like we're on right now started yep. just like popping everywhere. So my access to knowledge suddenly became, you know, in the palm of my hand. And I, and you know, like you said, I run a sales agency. So I really called it my windshield MBA because I was driving all the time to my different sales meetings. And, you know, I would just be like consuming nonstop information business books, podcasts about personal development and wellness. Um, and it just threw gasoline on my thirst for knowledge. Now I just had a medium of that I could actually tap into and access that knowledge and, and consume it a lot quicker. Awesome. That's amazing. So at what point in time, the other big part of your story is just running. So ultra marathon, was that did that happen before all of this? Did it happen after? Was it a result of this? T- tell me about that and how we got into ultra ultra marathon running and what that's done for you or how that's impacted you. So um, I'm completely undogmatic about my, my diet, but I do eat a, a plant-based diet. Um, and my wife, you know, was pretty much like vegetarian, vegan when we were dating, but I wasn't at all. And then suddenly I was just like, you know, let me dip my toe into this. And for me, like N equals one, which is like, I'm the experiment of one, which is Brian. You know, I, I did 30 days like plant-based and this is almost 10 years ago. And I suddenly had a ton of energy. So it's just like, what am I going to do with this energy? And I just started force dumping it. So I just started running. I got the, the running bug. Uh, I started you know, reading about like really how to optimize your body, about inflammation, how to recover. And then I heard that people run 100 mile races and I had no clue that was a thing. Um, and this is around 30, 31. Uh, so that like the seed was planted in me that started to foster into a mighty oak of just really chipping away and seeing what I could do in my running career. Well, what's interesting first is, is, you talked about when you really got into self-development. It sounded like that was like age 27, 28, and then running age 30, 31. And, it, and I guess my takeaway from that is this this transition, this transformation wasn't like, I tried to ask the question, was this a moment in time? And while there was some triggers that created this, it wasn't, that was a four-year period you just referenced from when you started self-development until you started running and there was a, there was a continued transformation. So um, right. you're not just, you're, you know, you're not in quote overnight success. This has been a transformation over many, many years. Correct. It, I'm not in overnight success whatsoever, but I still remember being on a run, listening to the ritual podcast in North Carolina on vacation. Uh, and suddenly like having this, and I didn't, and I was on vacation. I didn't have any drinks the night before I woke up early and I suddenly had this like feeling of like 
some like self-love, self-respect, uh, self-belief. And when you start having those feelings and it amplifies your self-talk, that's when you start to just double down and you start seeing this consistency. If you start doing that consistently, that the, the ripple effect that that causes internally. So a couple of things there. First of all, who talks to our, who talks to us more than anyone else? It's us, right? So it's interesting. So what we're, our mindset, what we're saying to ourselves is extremely important. So that's really interesting. So thanks for that. And just like the other thing that I hear you talk about a lot is grit and like taking action and getting the result as much for yourself and your confidence. So, so tell me more about that and what running and like, how did that build over time? Yeah. So I don't love running, but I knew, you know, I accomplished my first 50 K and, and the self love and the self belief after that race was the best drug in the world because, you know, I walked a little taller. I, you know, I hugged a little harder. I just felt something internally, which I wanted more of. Uh, so that just really drove me to continue to train and, you know, overcome adversity. Like you learn a hell of a lot about yourself when you're 80 miles into a hundred mile race, you know, it's pitch dark. You're in the woods by yourself. You feel like you're going to vomit and you have 20 miles more to go. You, you know, you, you tap into something that you don't realize you have like Doggins fam famous quote, when you think you're at your limit, you're only at 40%. And when you overcome those things, how that translates, and this is probably a question you're going to ask next, is how that translates into your business life yeah. and what you can in yep. business and like how you show up as a father or husband uh, just becomes that much stronger. Yep. I was going to ask that. So we have all this self-development. We have this kind of running journey in our, in our younger 30s, let's say. I, I, was, yeah. I was going to ask, of all your self-development running, first of all, what are some habits that have been most impactful on you and how have they translated to your business life? So what are the most impactful habits that you've created over time and then transitioning to into business and what that looks like? Yeah. So what the, the self-belief that, that running and ultra running has, has given me is, you know, you mentioned three by five life. So three by five, life, you know, it was May of 2020. I'm always tell a story. I'm like making pancakes for my kids. I joke. I'm like mid flip. And the idea of three by five hit me. Um, and, you know, I asked my wife, of like, hey, do you think this is a good idea? And we went, and she's like, yeah, I think we should run with this. We went from, like, idea hit me to full-blown, like, for like video production, sampling different cards, making these, like, metal stands, uh, e-commerce site in seven weeks, like, a fulfillment center, everything. And the only reason that that occurred is because of, you know, the running journey. So when people say like, Hey, I'm training for my first marathon. I should be at home, like, uh, doing due diligence, crunching numbers for a deal. Well, that first marathon is going to help you buy your first rental. And I believe that wholeheartedly. So you don't, you can't minimize doing those hard things and accomplishing those goals and how they parlay to other areas of your life. And I, and I think you're talking about running, but we're not saying go run. Everyone has to be a runner. We're saying create, I think what you're saying, create free space, create white space in your calendar, create thinking time where you're just by yourself and you have the freedom to just think and, and kind of create. Is that, am I understanding that correctly? Yes. But I will argue that at the same time, like the, the, the solitude from run. Yes. To answer your question. Yes. Solitude 
from being out in the woods for hours and hours, I used to be like, man, like I, I felt guilty. I'm not at work. I'm not, you know, cause I, I would run a lot during working hours because I didn't want to take away from time. Uh, but that solitude was a huge factor in just like brainstorming and just giving me open space to think and, and nurture ideas. Uh, but also, you know, I know you're, you're a student of, of Phil Stutz and his documentary Stutz, uh, which is on Netflix and everybody should check out. Uh, but he talks about your life force and like your life force. He argues it. He like, draws out like a, a food pyramid and it's yep. like 80% body, 10% relationships, and then 5% self. And so he's like 85% of your life force, meaning the energy that you're bringing to conversations, uh, all of that is body. So it might not be running, you know, it could be rowing, it could be walking, it could be lifting heavy weights. But when you are doing those activities and nurturing your body, that is going to help you so much in your confidence of how you're showing up in all situations. So I'm not, yes, I'm talking running, but it could really be anything that's moving your body. And I think it's, I mean, the way I think about it might be similar, but different is health is not just, you're talking about confidence, but also just being healthy and the energy you bring to your entire life, whether that's your family, kids, or your business. Right. So, um, so let's, let's talk, let's transition a little bit from health to, you talked about three by five life. And I think a habit that has been really impactful for you. And quite frankly, you're an probably an expert on, or you are an expert on in the space is journaling. So talk to me about journaling, what that has done for you. If you want to go personally or professionally in your business, how do you use that tool to make you a better business person? Okay. Well, to quick describe three by five, like so people know what we're talking about here. Um, um, I created it really to, there's all these complex journals out there. You know, you, you can buy a hundred different ones on Amazon and there's so much going on, you know, different areas to fill out. Um, and they have had a huge impact on me, but for the person that's just like wants to get into self-development, it could be very, uh, you know, uh, it could be a lot, you know, to, to just feel like you have to fill in all these areas. Yep. So I created this book called three by five life and I distilled what I thought was the most important and useful aspects of those big journals into something simplistic. Uh, so on one side of the card, it says AM gratitude. On the other side, it says PM wins. And then you flip the card and it's your simple task list or your simple day calendar. So the idea there is in the morning, like everybody talks about gratitude, right? Three things you're grateful for in the morning. Um, so that's kind of like a mini journaling session. And then at night, uh, you know, write down three wins. You know, BJ Fogg, who wrote the, the book, Tiny Habits, famous professor at Stanford, yep. uh, like, you know, in, at the end of his book of Tiny Habits, he's like, if you get one thing out of this book, you know, it's the power of celebration. You know, celebration one day will rank as high as gratitude does. Um, so, like, ending your day with, like, three wins, like, putting those positive thoughts into your head before you actually go to bed, uh, it just does so much for, you know, what you're going to dream about, like what you think about yourself. You're just, instead of just, you know, thinking about like, oh man, I didn't get that done or, you know, all the negative stuff that usually ruinates at night. Um, so that's, you know, the simplicity of three by five, like, and then you obviously have your, you know, task list and then, uh, the power also of the day calendar is the, the night before a good morning starts the night before. So night before, just kind of put your rocks in of what you want to, what your calendar looks like the day before. And that just really starts to add clarity 
uh, to to what you need to accomplish the next day from a scheduling standpoint. That's awesome. And honestly, I think I mean, there's been some really big companies, businesses that are are trying are leveraging three by five life as a tool for not oh. just the the entrepreneur themselves, but their their business leaders, their employees. Is that right? Correct. Yeah. I mean, a whole division of Google bought the product uh, for mental health awareness month. Um, we worked with uh, Seam, a division of Siemens. Uh, they bought the product, uh, a large school, the largest school district outside of Austin. Uh, we kind of made like a kid version where they want to implement these habits with their, their kids. I mean, just think about like, I mean, you have young girls, you know, at night they're just like, uh, you know, Joey was mean on the bus or what have you. They're always thinking these negative thoughts of, and if we could just give them the habit of thinking positive things before they go to bed. I mean, that could just be so impactful for their life. And we we'll talk about it in a little bit, like just different factors of success or, but to me, probably the biggest one is like creating your like mindset. I mean, mindset to me is such a big word. Uh, it's so important, but create it's, it, it's not just there or not. It is now, but how you create and grow that mindset is so important. And I think three by five life or journaling or personal development, whatever it is, is so important for that. Yes. Yeah. And, and journaling, and, and besides that, just the power of journaling, you know, we were kind of jamming all that before uh, we, we jumped on here to record this podcast is, you know, like people talk about doing like morning pages, you know, it's just like opening up a blank sheet of paper and just letting your unconscious flow. And that's really what Stutz talks about in his documentary too, with that 5% self, that 5% self is just your unconscious that comes out when you put pen to paper with no agenda. Uh, and it, it's hard to create the habit to do it, yep. uh, but so much good can come from it from, and your clarity of thought just becomes that much clearer yep. through that process. That's awesome. So we have this whole journey from our late twenties where we just get into self-development. We start to run, of course, we continue the self-development just a couple of years ago. So I'll just say your mid thirties or so, Brian, um, at that time when we, would create three by five life in 2020. What are we up to today? What is, what is your focus? What are you working on in business and, and for yourself or on, how are you working on yourself these days? So I, um, I say over the last three years, uh, through your terrible, um, you know, uh, pressure you put me under is, is, you know, I've really gotten to real estate, you know, over the last couple of years, which has been such a blessing. Um, it has kind of been a whirlwind of, you know, buying properties and, um, you know, learning the space and it's been fantastic. Uh, and now, you know, I think one area of self-development is sometimes you're drinking through fire hoses, you know, yep. you just, there's so many new ideas, things coming to you and you almost like lose track of what grounded you in the beginning. Um, so for me, the season that I'm in now, I went through some really amazing business growth, real estate growth over the last like three years. And a lot of that has, I, I will admit, was a distraction to, you know, Brian at his core. And, and that's what I'm trying to like refocus on right now. Um, those habits didn't wane, uh, but I could definitely tell that there was a shift from, you know, being distracted by all these things. But also you need to give yourself grace in those seasons. We're all going to have those seasons and they are seasons of life and not 
you know, try to push them off, but really be like, all right, this is a season of growth right now. I need to embrace it because when I come out the other side, I'm going to be a different person. And I'm a different person than I was two years ago, three years ago. Um, but also, you know, 2019 version of Brian was like very spiritual, dialed in in a lot of different ways that I want to kind of dip back into, if that makes sense, Phil. It does. It does. So, but you mentioned it, so we can't not talk about it a little bit. So real estate, your real estate strategy, talk about that. So short-term rentals in the Poconos and in St. Augustine, um, nice income, nice asset growth, I believe. In addition, some nice tax benefits of that. So what was the strategy behind your real estate as a business owner that owns your own business? Because if we have business owners listening, they're like, okay, I don't have the time for real estate or I don't understand all the benefits of real estate. So from your perspective, what did real estate do for you? Or what was the, what was the strategy behind it? Strategy, I mean, it was a massive tax play, uh, as, as you know. Like, you know, I'm a high W-2 earn, uh, earner. Um, my wife has her own consulting company, educational consulting company. But she really took uh, the management side under the reins. So she manages... Um, well, we had five, we just sold once so we have four short term rentals, yep. she managed the whole side, but you know, we were buying these, you know, doing cost sags on them. Um, and that goes right against my W2 income. So, I mean, the, my taxes were reduced by 80, 90%. And I mean, that's massive. Uh, so that's been the play over the, the last couple years and all these assets. I mean, again, we got it into 2019. Yep. Um, I, Short-term rentals have had their moment, uh, so we it is a timing thing. So we had great timing, uh, and they've been kicking off some really good returns, and then the values have gone through the roof. Uh, but also another thing with those short-term rentals to go away from business a little bit, Phil, is the other play was it would force us to go visit these properties. So it almost like was built-in vacations. Yeah, you know, so like this past year we spent six weeks at one of our properties in Florida. You know, if we didn't own those assets, uh, you know, we wouldn't do that. And that's a big difference between that and owning an apartment building. You know, the short-term rental, I know you use yours a lot. Uh, it becomes this like family getaway. You need to visit these properties anyway to make sure they're not falling apart. Uh, so that's been the other real benefit from having this asset class. Well, I want to go into that just a little bit and talk through it. So the ta the potential, but ta I just did a post on this. So the potential tax benefits whether it's short-term rentals or other real estate, just some terms that people should look into and understand. You referenced yeah. cost segregation studies, a really important yeah. way to accelerate the depreciation on any acquisition. So that's really important. You didn't mention this, but real estate professional status or reps status yeah. for a lot of folks, that's a term that is really important. If you're spending a majority of your time in over 15 hours a week, there's some really nice ways to make real estate active losses against your against someone else like your spouse's income. There's a term called bonus depreciation, which is really, really important. Um, and, and there's some others. The interesting thing about short-term rentals specifically is it can be considered not a passive loss for real estate, but an active loss. And I know that's with a W-2, that was a really important part of your strategy. Yeah, exactly. And that's the thing. You don't need to have real estate professional status with short-term rentals. Yep. You know, now us having... Uh, well, five, now four, you know, my wife basically qualifies to be a rep. So now when we, we just bought an office building, you know, we can 
Right. You know, make that you can you can leverage some of those same tools to offset that. So I think you were you you kind of talked through. So to go back, real estate was a big part of your focus and time two or three years ago. You learned a ton through that process. You you understand the game. You understand the tax game, how to play it now, and moving forward where you are now. Okay, you learned that that time period was maybe stressful, maybe chaotic, trying to figure things out. But now you have clarity on how you will leverage real estate moving forward, where it fits. It's not the core focus. It's supplemental. It's a supplemental long-term wealth growth strategy in addition to a tax strategy. But your core business is really the core focus of what you're going to be doing. Without a doubt. Right. So I think this, the nice thing about real estate is it, it, can, fit, it can fit into your story and your strategy. It might take some time to figure that out, but... There, it does. It can be your core focus. It's it's my core focus, but it doesn't have to be. There's a lot of ways. There's a lot of other ways to leverage real estate, uh, in addition to it, like it doesn't have to be the only thing. Yes, and what's interesting is so I'm in the manufacturing space. So I, you know, we represent 24 different manufacturers and sell for them. And these could be three million dollar shops to up to a hundred million dollar companies. Yep. You know, so sheet metal, uh, injection molded parts castings, machine shops, things like that. So a lot of times when I'm talking to these, these owners of their, you know, $10 million machine shop, they're like, yeah, my, my most valuable asset is actually my building. I bought 20 years isn't ago. That, you know? an amazing McDonald's, the Catholic church. It's real estate. Yeah. It's a lot of times real estate. So I think for a lot of business owners that are thinking about real estate, it should be there. It probably makes sense to spend some time to figure out like, figure out how real estate is a part of your business strategy. It doesn't need to be the only strategy, but how does it fit within your business strategy? I think is important. Awesome. Right. Well, I want to shift gears a little bit. I mean, we could talk about all this stuff all day long, but I want to, I want to go to what I call our six success factors segment. Before I go into some specific questions, Brian, if you would say what has been your single key to success like if that's, if that's a word or whatever, what, how, how would you define that? Or, or what would you say that word or phrase is? Consistency. Consistency. All day, every day. Yes. So tell me more about that. And I think you might even have an equation on that. Is that right, Brian? Yes. So I can't remember it. Yeah. So there's an equation I learned a while ago. Um, it's called, it's uh, E times F times W I N. So E is energy. F is for focus, W-I-N is what's important now, to the power of C, which is consistency. So energy, what do you do with it? You focus it. What do you focus that on? You focus on what's important now. And if you're doing that consistently, then you have infinite returns. Like literally, if you had a scientific calculator and you have, you are at 100% energy, 100% focus, 100% what's important now, to the power of 100, that your scientific calculator will tell you it means you have infinite potential. Yep. Now you're at a hundred percent, hundred percent, hundred percent, but then your consistency is at one, then it equals one. So like okay. the X factor really is consistency. So like, if you don't want to go for that run, if you don't want to, you know, do that core workout, if you don't want to make those 10 phone calls, like that has changed my life. I mean, we're, we're a sales agency. So if I'm not showing up and, open up my CRM and I have 20 follow-up calls that week. If I'm not doing that, then, you know, 
I would not be anywhere close to where I am today. But I realized, luckily, you know, in my late 20s that like, hey, if I'm just actually just do this little bit of work every single day, yep. over time, it's going to build into something impressive. Yep. And honestly, first of all, that, that equation, and, and it's, it reminds me the compound effect, right? By, I think, who, you probably know who wrote it, but just the compound effect and the yeah. Darren Hardy, but the compound effect is so important in being consistent with what's important now and have, I mean, all the things you talked about throughout the show, right? Energy, focus, understanding your priorities and, and you're shifting that a little bit now to what you, like what you want to focus on and you're going to be more, cons you're probably going to be because you've learned so much, but quite frankly, you're going to remove some distractions. You're going to be more focused and more consistent on what's important right now. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So that, that's definitely why my one key to success is consistency. Well, I, I, I kind of talked through in this segment, I have some just quick questions on some different items that I, I call keys to success. First, being clear on your purpose, vision, or why, whatever you want to call it. Second, educating yourself and building, put, surrounding yourself with uh, a strong network of people to help you out. Third, taking action, taking risks, probably being consistent. And fourth, how do you lead, serve, or give? So I want to ask you a, just a quick question on all those different areas. So first, why do you do, if we go to the vision, purpose, why do you do what you do? Um, I think there's power in being, a, being an everyday legacy. And everyday legacy really means to me is how are you showing up and uplifting those around you with great energy where they lead that conversation like feeling seen, heard, and loved. And I think that as, as a purpose and the ripple effect from that can be can be huge. And I think that kind of may answer even your, your like your last question of, you know, giving, serving, loving. That's what I really try to do every day as much as I as I can. And that's why optimizing my energy is so important to me so I can show up my best. And what's really interesting about your story, and I think this can, can apply to a lot of people, again, whether they're business owners or real estate investors, is you didn't talk about your product and you're a sales agency. Your, your primary business is a sales agency. You represent a lot of companies and a lot of different products. So yeah. you, you do a great job of supporting those. You're passionate about what you do, but not, not because of the product itself. It's because of just the everyday, well, how you said it, the everyday legacy and what you do on a daily basis, how you treat other people, which will lead to your, to success in your sales agency business, of course. Exactly. Nailed it. We talked about this some, but today, how do you, how do you educate yourself today? Today, I really educate myself through, um, meaning, meaningful conversations with, with people that I think are, uh, trying to do something big with their life. Uh, and I don't want to, like, I just, I'm just not interested in the, the football conversation, you know, around the bar anymore. I, I want to have like good, meaningful conversations. There's a time and a place for that. But that's like really, I like having learning from people that are like doing big things in life. Um, and then, you know, I'm a, such a consumer still to this day of, you know, podcasts, audiobooks. I'm constantly consuming that information. Uh, but then also, I, I'm, I'm a firm believer of, you know, people that are like, hey, I want to read 60 books this year. I think that's ludicrous. You know, if you find a book that really impacts you, listen to it three times. You're going to listen and listen to it three times throughout the year. So that you're in a different season of your life in that year, or you're in a fear, pick up something different and take notes on that. So I, I think that's, I think 
that could be a whole separate topic because I've talked to people that would say, I try to consume as much as possible. And I talk to people that say, I want to read two books a year, take a ton of notes. And how am I going to implement it? And honestly, I think there's a balance because I, the, you talked about association and what you do surrounding yourself with people that are trying to do big things, which I love that. But the balance of if you're consuming books in a way, you're networking with people that have written those books that have had success in that area. But also, so I think there, I think there's small, subtle improvements from consuming a lot of books. However, I don't think it, it does have the imp Like if there's a great book you read, I think going in, reading it two, three times, taking notes and how are you going to implement it is important. So, you know, maybe we disagree a little bit on the approach, but I think there's a balance. And honestly, it goes back to like what works for you. For you, it, it's, it's focus on some books that are really impactful and really dialing in that habit that supports that book or whatever it might be. Yes, totally. And yeah, and there's a mix there. Like you could read Who Not How. You don't need to read it again. You get the premise. Yeah. It's a fantastic book like it, it changed my life because it just shifted how i thought about things but i don't yep. need to read it again yep yeah great point. great point yeah there's one or two takeaways the, the quite frankly the title gives the takeaway there's a lot of supporting in it but you don't need to go through and reread it and that that's a great point okay yeah, exactly. you you talked about networking a little bit is there anything specific you try to do there just to you said surround yourself with people that are trying to do big things like what what does that look like the cadence of you know, having calls with you and other guys on a weekly basis has made such an impact on my life. Uh, there's a local group of, you know, 50, 60 guys here in the Philadelphia area that I meet up with monthly face to face. We're breaking bread. We, we have a speaker come in um, and just catching up on what they're doing. And what that really does is it elevates your belief system. You know, when okay. you see Bill Moeller, you know, taking down like massive apartment buildings, you're like, wow, I could then take down this. Yeah. Phil Moore you know? can do this. I mean, anyone can do this stuff, right? I get it, Ryan. I know what you're saying. Yeah, I can take down this Thorplex if he can take down a hundred, you know, apartment buildings. So like, you know, it just puts things in perspective uh, and it makes you, you know, believe more in yourself and, and learn from all these people. Yep. That's amazing. The other two elements of this taking action, taking risk, you talked about consistency you talked about grit um when is a time when you were hesitant to take action but you did it anyway like you were really concerned maybe fearful but you said okay i'm going to take action anyway is there is there is there a what's it probably the, comes to mind? yeah probably the first short-term rental i bought you know where and, and even you know the one the two i bought two at once after that in saint augustine it, you know i i bought the first one uh, it was a little bit of a risk uh, because it was my first, you know, property, yep. uh, but it started really well. So it gave me belief that this model works. But then when I took down something that was five times more expensive, a yep. property out in St. Augustine, Florida, that was 14 hours away, that was really scary. Uh, but you would have never you, done that. You would have never done that second one if you hadn't done the smaller, more manageable first one because the the risk of the second one would have been likely way, way too overwhelming to even get to that point. Is that true? I don't want to put words in your mouth. hundred percent. But then you start to learn to bet on yourself, yep. you know? And I think betting on yourself is the most important bet and to do it with you can when you're younger, make some mistakes and then just, you know, your internal belief system grows. So then you're going to make bigger bets. 
that they're going to reap the rewards in the future. I love it, man. I love it, man. You talked about how you lead, how you serve, how you give. I love that. Just creating your everyday legacy. So, um, we could go on and on about a lot of different topics about journaling, about just improving your habits overall, business, real estate. We can't do that because I'm trying to manage the time to these episodes. But honestly, this has been amazing. I've learned so much. Brian, is there anywhere you want to direct people to learn more about what you're doing? Um, I mean, probably if you want to, uh, 3x5 underscore life is uh, Instagram. Um, you know, we have a podcast that we put out every two weeks, me and my wife, and it's like 10 minute short clips. Um, a lot of times we'll have like Instagram reels on there about something that we're learning, something we're jamming on. So that's probably the best place to kind of follow me on what I'm doing. Awesome. Brian, this has been amazing. Thank you so much for coming onto the show. We appreciate everyone that is, has, has, is listening. Uh, this is Phil Muller with the Muller Real Estate and Business Podcast signing off. Thank you for listening to the Mole Real Estate and Business Podcast. We hope you found today's episode helpful. If you know current or aspiring investors or entrepreneurs or anyone that would benefit from today's episode, we appreciate you sharing it with them or better yet, providing us a five-star review. To learn more about Mueller Real Estate, visit our website at www.mullerre.com. You can also sign up for our newsletter or local events via our website. In closing, I encourage you to be purposeful in all areas of life, educate yourself, network with others that have been successful, take action and lead. Thank you.